Welcome to the Eat Scripture Podcast. This is Eric Robinson, and I'm with Gina, and we are going to continue talking to y'all about typology today. We're actually walking through the Joseph story and have been for a little while now. And but we love the Joseph story. So oh, man, because it's so just, packed. Uh, there's so I think. much here. Yeah. yeah. Um, just can't get away from it. Now, for those who are listening, we are so glad you're here and just know that we love that you like to listen and that you share with your friends and that you continue to be a support to us through prayer. And if you want to financial support through our website, you can go to eatscripture.com and look specifically there for the ways that you can do that. But we're going to go ahead and jump into this text, which is what we like to do. And we will start sifting through some more of this stuff, particularly in Genesis 44 and 45 today, as we continue to dig deep in what's happening with Joseph now as he's truly coming into contact, real true contact with his brothers. We're going to find out. They're going to find out who he is before we're done today. And uh, and then we're going to watch as their relationships have a chance to reestablish from there. Right. So really beautiful reunion. Yes. Okay. Oh, there's our ominous music. Um, and maybe best because <laughs> oh, drama coming yes, up. That's right. Leading into chapter 44, because it is such a we're about to see a very heavy moment take place. Because now that everything has been kind of the stage reset, the brothers have come back. There is uh, has been a good you know meal take place between everybody. Joseph has gotten to see his younger brother. None of the relationship has been re has been established yet in the sense that they still don't know who they're talking to. Don't realize this is Joseph, right. but he realizes it's them. But they feel like everything. They've got to feel like everything's okay. Yes. At this point. Truly, you would think. Yes. Now they're on much better ground, and they're feeling like things are going to work out uh, fine. And then we get to chapter forty-four, and the first thing we find out is that Joseph is setting up a, a plan. Yes. To, it sounds like, make sure that his younger brother gets to stay with him, mm -hmm. almost, what it sounds like here. Mm -hmm. Now, remember, he and Benjamin are the only ones who are born to Rachel, right? who was the most loved uh, bride of their father, Jacob. Right. So um, the other boys come through either Leah, who was Rachel's older sister, who he was not, you know, not always as fond of. But he cared for her and, and took care of the sons that he had by her. And then there were other sons born to two handmaids as well that were Jacob's sons. So, but but these two, Joseph and Benjamin, they have a special attachment through their mother, who was the most loved bride of their father. So Benjamin is has come. Joseph has finally gotten to see him. And now Joseph is telling the chief servant of his house, the steward of his house, uh, to fill the man's sacks up with food as much as they can carry, and then to put their money back in it, just like yes, the last again. time they came. Yeah. And then, though, to take his cup, which is his personal silver mm -hmm. cup mm -hmm. that he has, and to put it in the youngest, the sack of the youngest, the sack of Benjamin, right. is where he wants it to be. And then it says that's exactly what, the steward did. He did just like Joseph told him to do. Mm -hmm. 
we've already talked about how this steward seems like might be kind of a Holy Spirit figure in the same sense that Eleazar, who was the chief servant of Abraham's house, was kind of a Holy Spirit figure. He's carrying out the um, commands of the Joseph, Joseph, the most loved son. Mm -hmm. Exactly. But then we get so this, this is what happens then in the morning, whenever it's morning, they set off on their way to go back home. All the brothers do. And as they're going, Joseph tells his steward, okay, here's what you're going to do. I want you to go out and follow him. Yep. Follow him and take him, overtake him, and then charge him with doing something wrong by me with the fact that they have stolen the silver cup. Well, that's exactly what he does. He, he, that's, he goes out, he catches up with them charges them with stealing his master's cup. They immediately deny it. Of course, they're like, what would the, how would that benefit us at all? And the fact is we brought our money back to you from last time when, when we didn't have to. Yeah, so that would this? make no sense. And he even says, kind of makes it sound like Joseph has uh, divination powers. Yeah. Yeah. That he knew that they were going to do this. Yeah. And, that's why they caught up with him so quickly. Yeah, exactly. So whichever of your servants is found, it says in verse nine, this is now uh, the brothers talking back to the steward, whichever of your servants, us, is found with it shall die and we will be my Lord's servants. Okay. So he, they're like, they they're no so idea. sure that they, right. that none of them have taken it, that they are putting their lives on the line. Well, the servant says, now the servant starts by saying, let it be as you say. That's in verse 10. He who is found with it shall be my servant and the rest of you shall be innocent. Well, that's not what they said. That is not actually what they said. Mm-mm. The servant said, okay, so the one who in whom it's found will be the slave that stays. And then everybody else can, can be innocent back. and go. And that's not actually what they said at all. So he actually... Uh, kind of eases off of what they had promised. Mm -hmm. They all lower their sacks. Their sacks are searched through from the oldest to the youngest. And Benjamin's sack is found with the cup in it. At this point, they all come back to Joseph's house. Very upset. Of course, tear their, tearing their clothes. Yes, exactly. They returned, but they know, I think that's a throwback. I think we're supposed to think of the last time we saw anybody tearing clothes was when they brought that robe, with the goat's blood on it oh, back yes. to Their Jacob yeah. and deceived him into thinking that Joseph had been killed. Yeah. Now the other now who's son, tearing their clothes. Yes. The other son yes. is the one being taken out of their hands right. and it's leading to them tearing their clothes right. this time. Now they, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So good point. And so whenever they get back in front of Joseph, he's immediately saying in verse 15, what's this that you have done? Do you not know that a man like me can indeed practice divination? And Judah said, what do we say to my Lord? What shall we speak? How can we clear ourselves? God has found out the guilt that you're, of your servants. And behold, we are my Lord's servants, both we and he also in whose hand the cup was found. And this is where Joseph says, no, that's not what I want. Far be it from me to do that to all of you. Only the man in whose hand the cup is found shall be my servant. The rest of you can go in peace to your father. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, this is going to lead us up to a point where Judah starts talking in a way we've never heard before. But I think one of the most important things to see up to this point is that Benjamin is the one who is, the cup is put in his sack by mm-hmm. Joseph with Joseph's specific intent of leading up to this point where he can say, this one is the one who stays. He's the one who gets, who who will suffer for everybody and everybody else right. can go back to their father in peace. Right. And so we get this little, here we have a Christ story again. Yeah, I think in chapter 44, Benjamin is our foreshadowing of Christ. Type in a yes. big way. Yeah, in a big way. Now, we are going to see it again in the last half of 44, maybe leading us up to now Judah being that. But certainly you're right here in this chapter, there is this very specific mm-hmm. emphasis on Benjamin. Sometimes, I mean, I don't know if we've talked about this very much, but about the overlapping of types. Yeah. And even in this one, I think this next section, we're going to see Judah yes. interceding, which is a, is, is a huge type right. for us there, so, I think. I think there's some overlapping types No here, question. Definitely, it all takes us back to Christ. Yes. Now, and and it should because we see this silver cup. Well, why a cup? Well, because that's what Jesus is given by the Father, which requires him to be the one who suffers for all of his brothers. We're not going to see that until we get to the Gospels. But sure enough, places like Luke 22, 42 make it very clear that Jesus is talking about the cup that the Father has given given him, and he would love not to have to to take it, but he will if that's the Father's will, which is exactly what's, what winds up happening. And then also the fact that it's silver, that's tied to redemption throughout mm-hmm. the scriptures. Mm-hmm. So he's the one through whom the redemption is going to come. And then the very fact that Benjamin is, never speaks up for himself at all. I know, he's totally quiet through the whole thing. He never says, I didn't do it. Yeah. N- nothing. Nothing. Oh, so odd. He's like a lamb led to slaughter here. It takes our mind straight to Isaiah 53, mm-hmm. the sheep that did not open its mouth before it shears. I mean, just crazy. That in Genesis 22, Isaac never spoke up either. So okay. the Christ type continues. Now we'll start reading, uh, I think, uh, in the rest of this chapter and just watch how this long speech, this is the longest speech we have in Genesis by any single Isn't person. Interesting. Yeah, it is that Joseph or Judah would be the one giving us the longest speech in Genesis. Um, And by any single person, it's going to start in verse 18 and go through the end of the chapter. And uh, I think it would be good to read this and just listen to the specific words that he's saying and how they point to Jesus. So, okay. Genesis 44, verses 18 and following. Then Judah went up to him and said, O my Lord, please let your servant speak a word in my Lord's ears, and let not your anger burn against your servant, for you are like Pharaoh himself. My Lord asked his servant, saying, Have you a father or a brother? And we said to my Lord, We have a father, an old man, and a younger brother, the child of his old age. His brother is dead, and he alone is left of his mother's children, and his father loves him. Then you said to your servants, bring him down to me that I may set eyes on him. We said to my Lord, the boy cannot leave his father, for if he should leave his father, his father would die. Then you said to your servants, unless your youngest brother comes down with you, you shall not see my face again. 
When we went back to your servant, my father, we told him the words of my Lord. And when our father said, go again, buy us a little food, we said, we cannot go down. If our youngest brother goes with us, then we will go down, for we cannot see the man's face unless our youngest brother is with us. Then your servant said, my father said to us, you know that my wife bore me two sons, one left me, and I said, surely he has been torn to pieces, and I've never seen him since. If you take this one also from me, and harm happens to him, you will bring down my gray hairs in evil to Sheol. Now, therefore, as soon as I come to your servant, my father, and the boy is not with us, then as his life is bound up in the boy's life, as soon as he sees that the boy is not with us, he will die, and your servants will bring down the gray hairs of your ser- your servant, our father, with sorrow to Sheol. For your servant became a pledge of safety for the boy to my father, saying, If I do not bring back bring him back to you, then I shall bear the blame before my father all my life. Now, therefore, please let your servant remain instead of the boy as a servant to my Lord, and let the boy go back with his brothers. For how can I go back to my father if the boy is not with me? I fear to see the evil that would find my father. Well, this is uh, really quite a text Mm. because we have this. Yes, we can hear the desperation in Judah's voice. Mm -hmm. It's really something because this, like we've said before, is the same man that we saw in Genesis chapter 38. Well, we, I mean, we were introduced to him, Yeah, you know, introduced to him, of course, um, way back whenever he was first born, but the real uh, taste we got of him at the beginning was Genesis 37 in the Joseph story when he's the one who comes up with the plan to sell his brother uh, Joseph to Gentiles, make a little profit for wow. the brothers. But then chapter 38 is all about him and his dealings, the things that are going on in right. Judah's life, and they are not good things at all. No, doesn't put him in a good light. Uh-uh, not at all. Um, now, by the end, though, there's a little spark of hope for us at the end of Genesis 38, because we do see him even proclaiming by the end that Tamar, his daughter-in-law, is righteous where he is not she is more righteous than him she uh, he says which is a big deal for him because he was ready to have her burned for getting pregnant outside of wedlock right it turns out he's the one who did it so but he does come out and make that statement by the end of 38 and so we can't help but wonder are we seeing something is there something in this even in uh this part that we had looked at right before we read where he says um what shall we say to my lord what shall we speak how can we clear ourselves god has found out the guilt of your servants behold we are my lord's servants both we and he also mm-hmm. in whose hand the cup has been found yes he uh that's a very humble statement he's yes. not arguing that they didn't do it he's right just saying we're guilty. Yes. We're all guilty. Yes. And so I think we do see something in him that is, I don't know if he's changed yeah. or if he's always had that part about him, but he does seem to have some humility. Yes. Right. And some ability to recognize when he's 
guilty. Yes. And, and very much like you're saying is, has become the spokesperson for the group for sure. And is the one who is, um, willing to put himself right. out He's there. He's the one that stepped up and said, I'll kill me. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least, yeah. Enslave me. I mean, it's that, well, well to he told dad. his dad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're right. He said, Benjamin back, it's my, it cost life. my he, life. Yeah. He didn't offer his sons or anything. He offered his own lot. And so, I mean, I feel like, I don't know. There's a, he's taking, he's taking on the guilt of his brothers for what they've done. Yeah. It does seem like that. It really does. So we've said this before, how he's um, he's actually the fourth born. He's not the first born. Right. Though we've seen the problem that Reuben had already uh, with sleeping with his dad's concubine. And then we've seen the issues with Simeon and Levi, who were becoming murderers, just outright slaughterers right. uh, when they were in Shechem. So this is why we've, we're going to wind up deferring to Judah whenever we get uh, into chapter 49 and we hear the blessings pronounced. But we would wonder why we should defer to Judah at all, probably, except for something like this. Right. This is the thing that's going to finally give to us. be taking the role of the oldest brother. Here. Yes. Give us a view of stepping Judah. Stepping forward and talking to Joseph and trying to offer himself instead. And yes. And I do think the text has painted this this transformation of Judah for us mm -hmm. here that we're supposed to be watching out for. I think that as we've walked through the life of Judah, we've seen him go from uh, murderous, greedy, older brother who, you know, is jealous of his younger and the attention that he gets from the father to this transformed state now where we see him being willing to offer himself even for all of his brother's guilt is what he's really doing. And right. he knows that he doesn't think that the man he's talking to understands all that Joseph, but Judah, even without knowing it's Joseph is just throwing himself on the mercy of uh, this man and, right. and saying, take it doesn't me, sound let everyone like else the go. same one who didn't care about the grief that his father was going to have when they brought back the coat with the blood on it. No, does, this is, does not. he really seems to be worried about his dad and yeah, how this is going to affect him. And Yes. Now there are a couple of statements in this speech that are very, very interesting. I think just for the way he says them, maybe one of the first is in verse 18 where he's talking to Joseph and he says, for you are like Pharaoh himself. Right. Oh, out of the mouth of Judah, as he's talking yes. to Joseph comes these words about how this one who is second in the kingdom is like the very one who's first. It's as if you and he are the same. So that's why I'm mm -hmm. making this request of you. Right. Um, so that's a powerful statement leading us yes. toward that, that whole Especially Christ when we're figure thinking ideal. About the topology. Yes, exactly. Yes. And we can see through Joseph. Oh Jesus yes. And the Joseph's father are much, one. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Joseph as second is just like talking to the one who's first. So right. Jesus, uh, just like talking to the father yes. and, and whatever he decides is the same. So that's really interesting in the whole Joseph typology. As we continue through his little speech and he uh, that he's talking about here, he gets to verse 22 and it says, as he's talking about Benjamin now, the boy, we, we said to my Lord, this is in other words, we told you this before, we said to you, 
that Benjamin cannot leave his father, for he if he should leave his father, his father would die. This idea of just how closely tied Benjamin is to his father is what Jude is right. bringing out now. Benjamin and the father are linked. They're one. Oh, my goodness. We can never even his begin to, to tear them apart. Yep. In the boy's life. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly what he says in verse 30. So interesting that he would actually mm-hmm. use those words. This is how, how much the father feels for this boy is that his life is bound up with the boy's life. Right. One dies, the other dies. One uh, lives, the other lives. I mean, this is how it's seen. And so Judah, of course, doesn't even realize what he's saying, but he's throwing more light on this Benjamin as a Christ type ideal now, right. too. This, these overlapping types. Yep. Here. Yeah, they are all, all bound up together. Yes. I mean, this chapter is just a little confusing if you're. If you're looking from a typological. Right. Because <laughs> there's so many. Yeah. Joseph can be. A Christ type in here. Yes. Judah can be like right yes. there. Uh, even in verse 32, he says, I shall, then I shall bear the blame before my father all my life. Yes. He's taking on all the blame. Absolutely. All, all of it. So Judah. So Judah too, because yes. And here then he Benjamin, we've talked about how he's in this chapter, how he's, very much that the Christ time. He's brother. still the younger brother who's going to wind up staying so that all of the rest of them can go to the father. I mean, that's the, yes. the that's the way it's put to him. And uh, and he never opens his mouth, even though he's the one who's, who's on the stand here. I mean, he's the one who, right. who could be saying, hey, I never took that cup. And he never says a word, never brings it up, which is so interesting to see him so silent. Yes. Uh, and we've already talked about how he was born near Bethlehem and all. Oh, my goodness. And he's the his name means son of the right hand. So obviously, Benjamin's been a Christ type for a while. And now we're that. seeing that really come to but fruition. This is why I really I know this is confusing. If This is the first time you've really talked about typology very much. But it's one of the reasons I love it, because it's like there's so much yes. to understand about Christ. Yes. In his redemption story, that it can't be told in just one person. It's, right. It is the only story to be told yes. and beautifully shown in all of these aspects. Right. Of all of these characters that we're talking about. For today. sure. For sure. And we should not be surprised by this at all. This actually happens throughout scripture. Ta- types overlap, overlap often. In scripture, it shouldn't be surprising to us at all. Once you realize that when Christ said that all the scriptures are about him and you start pouring through them and you realize the depth of that statement, that it's not just something that he was trying to be cute with by saying, hey, that whole book is about me. In other words, meaning you'll find a few places that you can read about me in there. Right. But that everything really is about him. And then you get into chapters like this and you're like, well, wait a second, Benjamin, he's he's the Christ, he's the son of the right yes. hand. He's, he's the, the one, one born in Bethlehem. He's the one falsely accused. Yes, exactly. He's, he'll, he's got the cup. Going to, yeah. So yeah, he'll he must be the Christ type. Well, wait a second, because wait, Joseph is the one second in charge who is talking to him is just like talking to Pharaoh. Everything right. he says is say, okay, so he must be the Christ type. Oh, wait a second, Judah. Judah's Judah the is, one is mediating. Yes, who's mediating. Exactly. He's Between. mediating. And he's offering his life in place right. of all the others. Take right. me so that all of them 
can be considered innocent and can go and the father's heart won't be broken. This is the way he's going to keep his dad's heart from breaking forever. Oh my goodness. It's got to be Judas. That's the, that is the Christ type, right? (laughs) So this chapter is quite confusing. Yeah. But really awesome. Yeah. And just, uh, just so you know, I'll just give you one other quick example. I mean, you go to Leviticus chapter 16, you're going to see the day of atonement. Oh my goodness. Is the is the one that removes our sin from us as far as the east from the west, that goat, is that the Christ type? Or is it the goat that gives his life one uh in order that, you know, every year one of the goats gets killed and the other goat is sent away with all the sins on it? Is the one that's killed the Christ type? Is the one that's removing the sin uh with all the sin laid on it the Christ type? Or is the high priest himself the Christ type who's actually doing the work, which is what the Hebrew writer tells us is happening. And so, oh my goodness, they all are. How it turns out everything, there's no way that one character or one being can carry all the weight that Jesus has on him. Jesus is the only one who could do it all. All the beautiful aspects of what Jesus has done for us are told through all of Through multiple things, yes, at once. Because I was going to make some silly remark about Jesus being the goat. The goat. (laughs) The true goat. He's also the... For those who are listening who may not know, greatest of all time, I know most of you know, (laughs) but uh, goat, uh, a phrase we use for greatest of all time. Yes, certainly Jesus is that, right? Um, So here we get to chapter 44. And so we see these overlapping and we shouldn't be surprised. This is how it works time and time again in scripture, because God has so much to say, like you said, through Christ, that it takes multiple ways of doing it, even in the same passage. So we get to the end of chapter 44, and we'll just touch on chapter 45 here and continue with it. Yeah, we're not going to get all finished with 45 today. So Right. But at the beginning of 45, this is when Joseph can't control it anymore. So this is a very poignant and important moment because Judah has now revealed his heart. It's at this moment when Judah's heart is truly revealed. We see Judah becoming the man we had hoped that the line of Judah, which is going to be the line of kings, would have this kind of progenitor. Sure enough, that's who we get to see now, the Judah who is willing to sacrifice himself even for the sake of all of his brothers, if necessary, and just be a slave forever. It is at this moment that Joseph can't stand it anymore right it's like how i feel though seeing this because i'm like oh i haven't been upset because jesus is going to come through the line of judah yes and he's such a rotten character how (laughs) can this be and now i get to this part and i'm a little bit overwhelmed by oh this is how god's going to do this right and joseph definitely it says he couldn't control himself yes before all the people that were standing around him, he didn't want to let them see he yeah. was going to fall apart. So he makes all of his Egyptian servants leave. Mm-hmm. Everybody has to leave. No one stays. And then he starts weeping so loud that everybody in the palace can hear it. And Joseph said to his Even brothers, Pharaoh. yeah, Pharaoh's, <laughs> Pharaoh's household. household. Yeah. And Joseph says to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still alive? But his brothers can't even answer him because they're so freaked out by yeah, the whole thing. Yeah, he says they're right? dismayed at his presence. Yeah. 
they're like they're they, just, they think they're, they're seeing shocked. kind of a ghost maybe this is yeah. what the this is what the disciples would think when jesus came back from the dead right they thought they were exactly. seeing a ghost and here are the brothers like uh, we can't even incorporate this i mean they're not even able to speak for a minute it's because the last so thing they expected. yeah so we get our christ type continues just in that way too we right. get to see this is what happens when jesus uh, reveals himself at that unexpected moment hey it's all me. this time he's been with them with the Jews. Yes. And they have not recognized him yeah. with his brothers. Yes. And they haven't recognized that he is the Messiah. He's the one. And, he's and the when one. he comes back. Yeah. I mean, I'm just even thinking about on the road to Emmaus. Emmaus, the not non-recognition. You know, they didn't see. Yeah. They couldn't recognize him. And yeah. then they were freaked out. But, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, just don't know what to do or say. Mm -hmm. And so we'll go on with this next time and we'll watch how Joseph talks to them and we'll watch how they in turn, you know, are concerned with how he's going to react to them now. But the reaction they get is completely different than what they would have expected. Right. So all of the Christ story continues to be told um, beautifully woven together here. So I love that we got to talk about these overlapping times today. I think this is such an important part of looking at scripture typologically. So when you're reading this passage, boy, it's got every character is giving you more, right. even deeper understanding of what's Don't happening be in Jesus. Yeah, do not be dismayed. <laughs> About it being a little bit confusing for yeah. the way we would tell a story in yes. our American way. <laughs> way of doing things. This is different. Yep. And That's right. It's beautiful. So thank you for listening. Um, really appreciate you listening and sharing the podcast, uh, keeping up with us. God bless you all. And we pray that you have an excellent week and just keep Jesus on the front of your mind. God bless.